0: After this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow, two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us, one conversation at a time. Here we go. everyone hello I'm hannah this is kelty we're upbringing we're here live uh to do some q a stuff about mm-hmm. kids uh challenging behaviors their big feelings our challenging behaviors and big feelings <laughs> as parents right love that got a lot to handle yeah. here a lot but, going and on we've got a lot of work to do right <laughs> in terms of trying to align our progressive ideals with our day-to-day parenting practices that's our goal that's our now, work like work like the way that our culture is making it like work, like you have to do it. Like work like you wanna do it. Work like you're resting when you need to. And then when you're feeling (laughs) prepared and ready to work, to lean into this parenting and especially this discipline thing. I like that. And I I think that even in the most moments that we're not feeling that great about it or that motivated, we can always call back on our responsibility as privileged white people to be doing this work, right? Not only do we have immense privilege in the parent-child dynamic, human to human it's a bit of a hierarchy culturally and a family dynamic yeah. um to be thinking about the way we use our power the way we use our privilege is it permission or are we thinking a little bit more thoughtfully about it more respectfully about it what are we teaching our kids um but also in the greater sense i think a lot of us yeah. are like god what can we be doing in the world right now mm-hmm. how can we be uh battling systemic racism? How can we be standing up for black people's rights? How can we be dismantling these um, systems of oppression that we don't believe in and that we don't want to be perpetuating? And that we're complicit in. Right. So if we can realize we're complicit in them, in many ways, one way that we are working, this is our work at Upbringing, is in dismantling those systems of oppression through our parenting, namely through our discipline. Right. Through those hard moments. When the going gets tight, right. It's so easy to be like, okay. And the timeouts get going. Oh, God. And the consequences okay. start happening. <laughs> we're gonna, the lectures no, we're th- are given. But we're thinking about this yeah. stuff, right? We're talking to our kids about race. We're talking to our kids about people's rights, human rights. We're talking to our kids about rallies and protests and people dying and what we can be doing. The books we can be reading. The relationships so we can important. be having. The communities yeah. we're building. Awesome. What else can we be teaching our kids, especially through our interpersonal relationship, relationship, Mm -hmm. right? Through those moments that are so hard, those moments that we basically want to say, okay, just just put all of this wonderful intention on pause. I'm going to go back here to my patriarchal toolbox. Let's just see what's in here. Hold on. I got some racist tools in here too. Let's see. Oppression, control, domination. Okay. That's the only way to teach a kid, right? Right. That's what we've been programmed to think. Is that true? Yes. No, is it true that oh. that's the only way to teach a kid? No, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> I'm sorry, I lost your thread. Hopefully, everyone else is. I know sometimes Hang you get in, it in there. sometimes Hannah you know, like I'm not even. I'm listening sorry, to what I'm you're reading people's things coming in here. Someone asked if the, uh, people, um, they said, are you going to save this? Yes, all of our lives uh, go on the podcast, and they also are saved to our Instagram TV tab. Someone so, said, yeah. why are these things not talked about more often? That's a really good question. We do not know. To us, it seems very basic. I know why. What? Why? Because people compartmentalize their lives. They're like, here's me as the activist, progressive person. Here's me as a partner. And then here's me as a parent. And we step into these, um, these formed, molded roles that we've been conditioned to believe. Right? We put on this little pantsuit with a tag and a hat and all these things that say, this is you as a parent. This is you as a whatever else. And it's all fake. It's all performative. It's all somebody else feeding us this script that Mm -hmm. we don't believe in. Right. And I think that the work here that we're trying to do with upbringing, and that's why we're so happy to be talking about this here with you and hearing your thoughts, hearing your challenges, type those into us is finding ways to integrate who we are as progressive people with who we are as parents, right? We cannot say we're progressive if we give consequences and timeouts to our kids. No, cannot, cannot. And the goal is to integrate those things that we are as and people. Align, and align those things. And do they align, they align are, it? Like, kind of like right, a string yeah. dance type thing. That's the goal. It's not a perfect process, it's no. a daily practice. And that's what we're working on together. And that's what we're showing up here to grow up with you all. Um, and that's why we love talking about the, the specific moments and saying, how can we take this specific moment that is driving us bonkers, mm-hmm. that is going on so often <clears> with <throat> our baby, yeah. our toddler, our child? are adolescent, right? And say, how can I be using powers beyond control in this moment so that I don't just show up with with better alignment as a person, but that I'm teaching my child how to use power, how to experience and know themselves, how to feel an inner wisdom and authority to see to their needs, which can help them be able to see to others and notice others' needs, right? That's the goal. It's all based in child development. It's based in in research. It, it's, it's all there, but it just, as you said, it hasn't trickled down yeah. um, to all of us yet. So yeah. this conversation we hope can be the beginning of conversations you can begin with other people in your lives, with your friends, with your partner, mm-hmm. with your mother-in-law and with your, with your, your child, communities, right? To say, yeah. I used to go about it like this. Oh, when you made a quote unquote mistake, I used to maybe try to make you feel bad about yourself because I thought that was a good way to teach you. But now I'm learning these things. I'm learning that we can connect that I can set limits with love and that's okay. Yeah. That you learn best and your brain learns best when you feel safe and connected and loved. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. None of us knows that. Right. right. None of us. Yeah. Someone says, if we don't do timeouts and consequences, they take their parents for granted and just don't listen. Mm. They are never serious in understanding. Right. Yeah. That's the belief. That's, the, have. that's the voice on our shoulder that yeah. says, but that's so permissive but they have to know, but they won't learn if they don't feel bad or some shame about walk all over me. If I don't exert power over my children, they'll exert power over me. Mm -hmm. And then we have a a power um, struggle, um, struggle, right? That's the voice in our head. This conditioned voice that says you must dominate to teach, to show, to lead. Mm -hmm. And it's not true. We can still be in, in like responsible, we can mm-hmm. still be in charge, but we don't have to be controlling our kids in the way that we've been told we have to. Mm-hmm. But that's it's hard t- to know, <laughs> what do I do then? If I'm not giving timeouts, if I'm not giving consequences, what do I do so that I don't feel like my kids are running the house? Mm-hmm. That So that I don't feel like there's total chaos that I'm living in. And That's the resist approach that we talk about. It's available on our website to download. We have a freedoms model and a resist approach. And they talk about that our kids' um, human rights, right? That, that we wanna be nurturing, supporting, and then also the resist approach that when they resist us, our kids, we get to resist white patriarchy and how we go about supporting them and building their brains and our relationship over yeah. time. And that's basically founded in research in child development stuff in nonviolent communication philosophy. Um, it's, it's what therapists use, it's what hostage negotiators use, yeah. right? It's what doctors use. Uh, but it has not integrated into parenting yet. And so that's what we love talking about is how can we choose powers beyond control? How can we think about ways that we would show up with a partner, with a coworker, in other ways with a a friend or a sibling and use that with our kid because they deserve the same respect in a challenge. Yeah. We often talk about how we have these great ideals. Gosh, we want our kids to learn how to respect someone. They're not going to learn that by us yelling at them right? We want our kids to be empathetic. They're not going to learn that by us saying, I don't want to hear it, right? We want our kids to be problem solvers. They're not going to learn that by us saying, go to your room. Mm-hmm. This is over, right? We, the, our kids learn by the way we teach. And that's been such a big lesson for us and something that we're all practicing, uh, obviously we're works in progress. We're struggling through all of this. And that's, what's so great about the upbringing community mm-hmm. is we're all in it together. Mm-hmm. Practicing, growing up together, growing up alongside our kids, and rewriting these inherited legacies that aren't serving us and aren't serving our families. That's the gist. That's the gist. So, share what's going on with you. How yeah. are you doing? You can share a win, which usually mm-hmm. a win isn't that I made my child obey me, I broke their spirit. I they said what this I want, and I did it. <laughs> Those are great, but. The, that the, does feel really good. When the the, the win is more about the work and the interpersonal work we're doing, right? About ourselves, about our beliefs, dismantling those mm-hmm. um reimagining an approach that helps not just us but our kids, our mm-hmm. relationship, our collective future. Yeah. And that, and that practices a, a dynamic of human to human yeah. and not the kind of hierarchical parent to child. I think right. so much of what we're doing um, is trying to interrupt those cycles and uh, that say this is, family is a hierarchy, boss subordinate, right? Respect yeah. goes up the food chain and feedback goes down the food doesn't chain. Doesn't have to be that way, and it doesn't have to be that right. Um, so nice seeing you all. I know people are so familiar faces, Hi everybody my comments. Someone said, kids are sponges. I want a little, like, grasp everything. And when they get older, they resist what they want to hear and not hear because they're so sick and tired of being pushed around. Yes. Yes. And then someone said, it's so hard, though, when you're triggered. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. It is so hard. That's the work. There's no shame or blame with that. Even realizing that you're triggered in the moment is a huge step of awareness. Because usually we're just, you know, moving and grooving and saying, that's not okay or stop doing that because I said so. Mm As opposed to being like, don't do that because uh, it triggers me. And then that leads us to say, why is it triggering me? Hmm, I'm going to think about that for a second. Well, and considering and getting curious about what triggers you and why is like totally sidestepping the shame and blame game that we've all been Mm -hmm. raised to to experience um, and perpetuate, right? That when a conflict happens or a challenge happens, that it's either our fault, so we feel shame immediately, or it's their fault so we feel blame. And so either, whatever experience we've had, whatever our temperament is, we tend to lean on blame more or shame more, and none of that has to happen. We don't have to continue perpetuating that with our kids, between us, with one another, if we have siblings, right? We don't have to do that, we have to just say needs all got needs. Mm -hmm. All of our needs are valid. The way we're going about meeting those needs isn't always like the most ideal, but it's based on the skills we've had, based on what we've been taught, Mm -hmm. based on how our parents model, based on the therapy we've taken, right? It's all a process. We always high five when we we talk about therapy, yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it's all good. That's okay if we feel triggered. Triggered, as you said, Kelty is a wonderful uh, place to be in that we're realizing there's awareness going Mm -hmm. on Wow. And that starts the chain of awareness moving mm-hmm. forward and moving backward. Why did this do it? What would happen before? Yeah. What happened in my childhood?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, it's scary, it's but something, it's amazing.
0: Something we learned in some of our meditation and uh, MBSR training is mm-hmm. just the word notice. Mm-hmm. has helped us so much in our parenting too. I'm noticing oh, this feeling in my chest or mm-hmm. I'm noticing that my kid is doing this thing as opposed to they're doing this and I'm getting sucked into the story about it. Noticing kind of implies this sort of like detached awareness and observance. Mm -hmm. And that's where we want to be. Can we be floating above ourselves, our kids, the moment a little bit, and not feel so hijacked or triggered by whatever is happening? And that's such a a, a practice in itself. It's the practice. Yeah, absolutely. What's What's everyone everyone saying? A bunch of little comments here. Um, Someone said... my two-year-old still uses a pacifier. I'd love for her to choose to quit it herself, if possible. Any tips for how to foster that? Yeah, that sucking mm-hmm. reflex is so, um, you know, it's particular to every child, and and I think that um, uh, there's nothing wrong with it. I think that oftentimes kids will, babies will wean themselves off of it around a year, and and it's okay. But I think that some kids like like it longer. Both mm-hmm. two of our kids really like their pacifier longer. Yeah, why would you longer? like to wean her off it? Yeah. I mean, are there might be a worry that maybe she's uh, soothing with it instead of just expressing her feelings. Mm-hmm. And you feel like maybe she's like keeping things in. And I think that around two, that can be a concern mm-hmm. where you're like, where you see that your baby yeah. being like, I'm upset, give me my pacifier. And you're like, oh my gosh, are they um, managing their nervous system and their emotional regulation by kind of stuffing it down? Or is that a soothing mechanism that helps them regulate? It's really hard. Yeah. And it's that tricky time where it's kind of, they're transitioning yeah. and so I think but, any tips, but I also think if right. you want her to choose to quit it, then she has to choose, yeah. right? And, and our job in those moments is just to be a sensitive support staff, a scaffolder of trying to withhold it as long as possible, not in a punitive way, but what can we be doing instead? Oh, it's not that nearby. Oh, it's in the other room. Let's try to. Uh, what can we do? Right, we squeeze. We're you? working subtly can behind the scenes, scenes not to say you don't need this anymore. Hello. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times but, we can get into that that binary territory where it's like you have yeah. it all the time, and then it's gone, cold turkey. Yeah. And that's not how kids learn anything. That's not how kids adapt very well. And so I think that it's great that you're thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And what can you foster? And I think. Creating new rhythms and saying, "Okay, so here's this new plan. I've heard with your teeth, mm-hmm. I've heard these things. Two-year-old, whatever can works that. to kind of yeah. explain to her um, honestly, it's somewhat, and authentically. We're just going to be using it for nap, or, or we're nap just going to be using it for nighttime, yeah. nap, bed, and car. Basically, when maybe you can't hug me and hold on to me forever. Mm-hmm. Those are those moments, and then the other moments. Ah, oh, it's going to be that's just our sleep, your sleep aid, your your sleep, mm-hmm. your calm down thing." And we're going to figure out something This else. goes for right. screen time, stuffy, yeah. favorite, whatever. With any of our kids who are mm-hmm. saying, but I need this all the time. I need this on hand all the time. If we have potential concerns of what that is, we can negotiate. And not like, well, if you get this, I get this. No. But let's talk about it. Let's Intimate, find a couple ways that could work for you where we're not doing it all the time. That's what we talk about so often in this, mm-hmm. in this upbringing conversation is playing in the gray. Negotiating. I think parents are so scared of that word. God, if I negotiate with my kids, giving power, what's going to happen? And yeah. negotiation is, is the sweet spot. That's where the learning takes place, not just for our kids, but for us too. Yeah. We're all building skills in these moments of negotiation, not as like a hostage situation, but a what works for you? What do you need? What works for me? What do I need? Mm-hmm. Playing in the gray and talking about those needs, whether mm-hmm. we're in a heated conflict or we're just like, so this thing's been happening um, and we're brave enough to bring it up and talk mm-hmm. about it a little bit. I think too, like when you're thinking about a habit and like habits aren't bad, we have mm-hmm. habits in our lives around all sorts of healthy things. And your child's developed this habit around soothing herself with a, a we, I call it a chupete. Mm-hmm. I almost said chupete. Chupa chup, chupa chup. <laughs> um, but uh, but it, that's okay. And I think creating mindfulness with your, with your child around why they're using it and what would happen is going to help a lot. And then also helping to create safety around when they don't have it and processing and seeing that they can get through to the other side. Mm-hmm. And you can start in small moments when they want it and they can't have it. You can say, oh my gosh, I can't find it. And it's not there. Mm-hmm. Oh, what can you we really do? want it? You want oh, it. You need it. You're used to sucking on that. What can we do yeah. instead? And finding those ways to start supporting and scaffolding those small things. Oh, right? Those are the same things we've been yeah. dealing with with popsicles with our older kids. Yeah we're like, I stashed the popsicles away or there are no more popsicles because you've had four today. Mm-hmm. What can we do? Not, I'm the gatekeeper <clears throat> for popsicle land or pacifier land mm-hmm. or friend visiting land. Right. We don't have to be that blockade or that obstacle with our kids. We can say, this is you and me. Uh, How can I can we work side by side, what can, what can we, we do? do? How are you feeling? What's going on in your body yeah. when you feel upset? What are you needing? Mm-hmm. You're wanting to suck on something. Right? You want something cold. Are you wanting something. Well, cold? What else can we do? Are you wanting to gnaw on something mm-hmm. instead? Are you wanting to jump and move your body? Maybe you can help them find another soothing uh, thing, like a coping strategy, right? Yeah. Rather than a mechanism. Hopefully that helps a little bit. That's a long conversation that we could get into mm-hmm. for a really long time. But DM us for more details. Yeah, yeah. Someone else said, the more I dive into this type of parenting, the less I want to accept help from caregivers, grandparents. I notice a shift in my daughter and she gets overwhelmed by the traditional quote unquote approach. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. We We definitely can relate and we've got a lot of people in the upbringing community who've, who've shared similar concerns. We we did a podcast episode called caregiver clashes. You can see it on our website or on Apple podcasts and other platforms where we talk about ways to go all the way from accepting what our kids are, are, Mm -hmm. um, experiencing and other forms of caregiving all the way to a full on, you know, getting in there and talking about Mm -hmm. it or going to therapy with the people because it means so much. And a lot of that is kind of um, started in identifying the things that are a deal breaker. And we kind of lean on our Tina Fey like moments being like is this a deal, deal, break? breaker, deal breaker from 30 rock <laughs> you know is it just like everything is bugging me or is it like know this one thing when they shame them about xyz or when they yell or they're showing a little physical stuff that i'm not cool with what is making us the most geared up or sensitive or scared or whatever it is about this other caregiver supporting our kids getting clear on that first with a listening partner a actual partner a friend whoever it is make that list Mm -hmm. top to bottom, write down all the things that piss you off about how this caregiver is handling your kids. And then rank them. Rank them. And then decide what you want to get in there on and how. How sensitive do you have to be? Can you bring it up in a modeling way? Just modeling in front of them. Can you bring it up in a, you're talking to your kid way, but the older person's listening. Mm -hmm. And I mean, your sensitivity has to do with their receptivity. So you might be really sensitive, but if they're not receptive and they're just like doing their thing, Mm -hmm. I also think we have to consider what the exposure factor to our kids. So it might make us feel uncomfortable to have our kid be around grandparents or friends that do things differently. But if it's not a in a really chronic consistent nature or if it's not really abusive it, if it's yeah. not like really it's just like less preferable mm-hmm. then it's like you have to kind of find that fine line i mean like seeing grandparents once a year or a few times a year and they are overpraising your child or talking about their body or eating habits or doing things where you're like that's not how i roll mm-hmm. that's in some ways it it's could okay. be okay it because they just see them so little and it just feels like there's a dissonance there, but it's not necessarily impacting your child and it's not necessarily worth it to bring it up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But if (laughs) this is like, that's the balance, if this is like a weekly biweekly, like type of situation with a caregiver. So it's not just a a grandparent, it's a caregiver, then that would maybe merit a little bit more investment in how to go about aligning a little bit better Mm -hmm. with the mutual goal of supporting your yeah. your child or your baby that's always how we would approach it yeah i, I know we want to be on the same page with right. little little babe here what can we do i've noticed Again. a couple of things that are different from how we roll at home and i just want to make sure that things are feeling consistent yeah. and comfortable our value is together we've got the same value yeah. i know we want the best for them right obviously how we go about it can we get consistent mm-hmm. what do you want to talk about what are your concerns yeah where Where's are you coming, coming from do you have do right. you have stuff you've read? Do you have resources you want to share? I've got a lot of stuff. There are these two ladies called upbringing and they have so much to say. I don't know if you want to know about other resources. Them. Right. right. Um, there are a lot of books that they recommend. There are a lot of other podcast, um, resources that they promote based in research for emotional intelligence, body positivity, sexual, um, abuse prevention, you know, not raising kids with a lot of anxiety and security mm-hmm. things. Throw, throw some word lob some words out there. See what happens. If we we're believe we're with you. you. Yep. Totally. <laughs> uh, we absolutely adore you too. I love my boat says yes. Mm-hmm. Someone else that triggers triggers me too. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Someone else says yes, totally. I apologize to my baby and always explain that it isn't his fault. I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. And, you know, and, and that's so wonderful that you're circling back and explaining this isn't you. But you know, babies and kids can't always identify that. So whenever possible, if we can not lose our shit in front of them, if we can not make them responsible for our feelings, great, because kids automatically yeah. attach to us will assume those things. Yeah, right? and calling it's it tricky. out specifically. This isn't about you. Yeah. I would just say, here's what this is about. Right. I was struggling. Right. I was needing to take a deep breath. I was struggling with the situation. Yeah. I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling these things. Yeah. I was having trouble supporting you and what you right. were needing. So as opposed to calling it out, which is so instinctual yeah. and wonderful to say, this isn't about you. That's still saying, but it could about be about you. you. It's sometimes it could be. It's not about you this time. Yeah. Right. So I would just say, it's, you know, I would just never call it out about them at all would just say. How would you you say, were doing your You were doing your thing. I was doing my oh, best. I was struggling yeah. because I, I was tired or because I was surprised by how you touched the cat. Mm-hmm. Or I was, oh my gosh. like I. It had been a long day of right. working and then I came in and saw that mess and I just went, what?
1: Right. Do you remember
0: me being like, the situation? What? And we can be a little bit funny and say, sorry I showed up that way. Oh, right. it wasn't so much about the mess. Not you. It wasn't mm-hmm. so much about the mess as just... Me, I was struggling. And so you're showing, you're you're reflecting and saying, challenges are just about needs. They're just about me struggling, you struggling. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. Right? Yeah. What else? Oh, we've got got a lot of, I'm trying to wave. Okay. We've got a lot of. Wave uh, away. A lot of comments. Welcome everyone. So good to see you. Welcome. Let us know what's going on with you. Send us your, your issues with Um, challenging behaviors, big feelings, what's going on with your kids, spirited and sensitive kids. That's what we like Mm -hmm. to talk about, how to integrate who who we are as progressive people with how we roll as parents and how we can just feel a little bit better Mm -hmm. in the melee, kind of spin that melee into magic, right? Someone said, hi ladies, I noticed I have a very hard time being more patient around that time of the month. Can you share if you ladies, do anything to help yourself during that time? That's a great question, mm. yeah. Grace and forgiveness, <clears throat> awareness. So yeah. knowing that time of the month, no one it's come and not letting it take us by surprise has helped mm-hmm. a lot. We're on the same cycle, we cycle together. <laughs> yeah. Work together, cycle together, <laughs> uh, womb together. Um, but just, just saying, wow, I'm gonna I'm give myself a little grace. I'm gonna try to, to feel like I'm not going for the expectations I have quite so adamantly. I'm going to reduce my expectations a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to maybe up my alone time or my shower time, my those things like that, if possible. Yeah, And then to be you know? more honestly communicating with our partners and our kids. Yeah. This week, I'm just struggling a little bit. We don't I have to be body. like, I'm having my period, children. No. But like <laughs> my body, my uterus is doing things. Things yeah. are happening. Wow, and it's telling me. So you're modeling attunement and mm-hmm. body connectedness my uterus is telling me that I yeah. need to rest. My uterus yeah. is telling me it's hard for me to catch up to you on the scooter ride because mm-hmm. it hurts me to run. It, my, you're it- not hurting me by right? right? Like it's just my body saying. Or my saying, uterus is telling rest. me that sometimes yeah. I can help you and problem solve through things, yeah. and I'm struggling to do that right now. And we can have that same conversation with our partners who often struggle to understand that. Right. Right. That's what we do. This, I don't this know if isn't that's helpful. And then also just using that phrase, "I need." You know, and not using it with our, our children as much as we use it or with. Or I might be needing, if yeah. that's easier for you. Right. Setting boundaries with our kids when we need to, but also just really saying, oh, what am I needing to myself? What am I needing to my partner mm-hmm. or my friend, my right. sibling yeah. to get those needs met so that I'm not putting them on my kids at that time of the month when I'm having more needs. Yeah. Needs it's, are totally valid. Yeah. They're so, so necessary to be in touch with. Yeah. But that's such a big ask saying, okay, I'm needing these things, whether it's more <clears throat> time and space and self-care stuff because I'm on my period or going through a thing. Mm-hmm. Or I'm needing you to pick up all your toys because I've been cleaning all day. Right? It's so easy for us to just be yeah. like, mama's needs matter because they do. <clears throat> but right to not necessarily put those expectations and demands on our kids explicitly because right. of our needs. Yeah. We can be transparent and say, I'm struggling seeing a mess or to, meet your, needs. to meet your needs right. or to move through this situation but it should never be do this because my needs are more important than yours. Yeah, That's such a tricky balance though. Does anyone have questions about that? I would love to get into it a little more. Someone says they're not a parent but someone else said I'm not a mom oh. yet but I learned so much from you girls. Thank you. Someone else said I'm not uh, showing yet but I'm getting so much. This is so helpful for me. What to do and what not to do or what to try and yeah. then you know, learn from. That's the idea here is this isn't a dogmatic, like perfect practice. We always talk about progress over perfection. Mm-hmm. And so th- there's no like right exact way to say it or do it. It's just about attunement It's saying, how can I tune to my values, my practices, the impact that I'm noticing on my child mm-hmm. or my baby? How can we be connecting those things a little bit? Mm-hmm. Someone said, but then how does negotiating work with nonverbal toddler? Yeah, Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that question because most people don't think they need to negotiate ever. Mm -hmm. And most people don't think that that a a nonverbal kid is even worthy of negotiating. We just kind of pick them up and move them through the stages. And like we don't even have to tell them what to do, especially those with an easier temperament. We're just like, boop, boop, boop. I'm going to pick you up. Boop, boop, boop. We're going doing this now. Boop, boop, boop. Stop doing that. And the nonverbal toddlers, especially those challenging ones, ask us to lean in they call us in to say what are you doing why tell me more because of what i'm still not sure still resisting what's going on and they show us with their body language and i think that we can always show them with our body language too we can be showing them oh this is dangerous and i'm going to cue you into why just because you're not verbal yet right doesn't mean that you don't deserve an explanation can i tell you why I don't want you to touch this thing. Let's stop for one second. Can I tell you why this is fragile? Can I tell you an interesting thing? Do you want to know why? Whatever. Often it's so easy to think like, why am I explaining all over the place to this baby? Right? Right? But they're not just babies. They're, They're whole humans deserving an explanation and little people we will be building that language that understanding of those skills sooner sponges the, the more sooner, we explain the sooner and the more, more we, we connect the sooner they'll understand and integrate and then the feedback begins feedback, yeah feedback 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 yeah and it's such loop. a it's such a glorious yeah. window really from like what like 10 months old to two years old yeah. maybe pre-verbal in that area yeah. when we might overlook their needing those facts that information where we're going why how long eye contact when they're struggling all of those things yes. we, we overlook that so easily but that is such a critical time that is such a magical time to say i'm setting the scene for some okay. serious shit that's going to help us get through those weird, those, those, moments, those moments of conflict when they're bigger when they're louder when they're more resistant when i can't strap them into something or pick up their body and move it anymore like that time under two years of age, it seems like the breeze where mm-hmm. we're just breezing through until they really get in the terrible twos or the threes. That's mm-hmm. our, our instinct. But that is such a glorious time to be leaning in mm-hmm. and putting in an investment mm-hmm. into our relationship. And I think remembering too, that preverbal is still verbal. Yeah. They're using nonverbal communication to communicate. Babies and toddlers communicate before they can use words. Their communication matters. And so when we speak to a pre-verbal toddler, we need to listen and observe what they say back to us. And it's not going to be English yet, but they're going to tell us something. And that's when we say, what are we noticing? What are we hearing? What are we seeing? This child is telling us. And we're not used to living in nonverbal land, right? And it's also so funny. I think none of us is versed in child development or a few of us are, but we always just assume what they're able to communicate is what they understand. And it's not fucking true. Not at all. Like you might have those moments with older kids where you're like, they bring up this story for this thing of this thing that happened when they were like two and a half. And you're like, you're telling me about this thing that happened. How do you, It's been in your uh, mind since then. Y- but you you only now have you been able to communicate it to but me. But you knew all about that, even mm-hmm. though you couldn't say it. Like the, the, the lives, the, the world that's going on in our baby and toddlers heads yeah. that we have no clue is existing is so vast and mm-hmm. so immense and so incredible. And we have to always give them the benefit of the doubt that they understand. Yeah. That's one of the, the kind of driving forces in respectful parenting and rye parenting is saying, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you understand me. I'm not going to test you to see if you do. I'm just going to give you the benefit of the doubt in a respectful way. You're figuring it out. Mm-hmm. It's going in there. Even if mm-hmm. it's not coming out and being like, yes, mom, thumbs up. It's going in there. It's being digested. It's being processed. It's being integrated in their being. I mean, just right? thinking about like going to a foreign country and hearing a new language and that you as a person who are new to this, you're picking up all of these uh, nonverbal signals, these body nuances. language, yeah. tone, volume, context, yeah. timing, all of these things. And you're learning and you're picking that up, right? You're understanding them in a way, mm-hmm. not perfectly exactly, but our kids, we need to also try to understand our kids in that same way, mm-hmm. right? And say, they're wow, they're learning. And also I can communicate with them not explicitly through words, but through so many other things. And I can also understand them, mm-hmm. not explicitly through words, but through these other ways they're communicating with me. Yeah. It's a different language, but it connects us in a really beautiful, unique way yeah. before words are even at play. Yeah, and I have to give a little shout out to Baby Sign Language. Our friends Joey and Leslie recommended it with their mm-hmm. first. And we were like, what do you mean? What do you, why? And they said, oh, a few signs that our son would give us saying help. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Needing help. Basically, More. They can communicate, but they can't okay. say the words yet. So All they can sign or stop. Yeah. Like, or, or I'm tired. Things? Yeah. Or yeah. Oh, like so many good ones that are babies. My daughter would go like this. And that meant she was tired because we'd sign. She couldn't yeah. say, I'm tired, Mom. Right? Right. Instead of screaming and banging on things, mm-hmm. my daughter would go, Mas, Mass mm-hmm. eventually, you yeah. know. Before she could really even say, she would go like this you know, mm-hmm. but they're, they're sharing that with us. Let's think about how o- other adults who have communication struggles yeah. communicate, how we do in other, mm-hmm. in other languages in other countries, how do humans communicate with humans? Yeah. It is not through words. But I think uh, that goes against so much of our cultural of conditioning, which says our kids have to learn our language. And I think that this asks us yeah. to, in our moments that we're, we're able to learn our kids language, whatever that is wherever they are whatever they're needing the whatever way they're able to communicate what is banging on the table not use your words say a thing i'm going to condition you to conform and do this thing my expectations but i see right. you're saying this and that's the beginning of this incredible language together of validating emotions and expression of emotion it's right. the beginning of saying even though you're screaming and spitting here's what i'm hearing mm-hmm. even though you're saying shut up mom here's what i'm hearing okay you need whatever you don't want me to be right. here right? Or I'm not going to school. Okay. I'm hearing that you're struggling with school. Our is doing these little things that seem like uh, maladaptive behaviors because they're not using their words. That's the beginning of an incredible relationship of us mm-hmm. scaffolding that understanding for them mm-hmm. and saying, here's where you, your brain is developmentally and what you're able to communicate or the way you're able to communicate. Yeah. I'm going to be the person in charge, the person with more brain cells and, and more power to say, I see you. Here's what I'm assuming from that. Am I right? Does that sound right? I can cater. And I have the responsibility and privilege to cater to your needs, to your current skills, right? Mm -hmm. To your way of communicating your needs based on the brain you have, the body you have, the skills you have rather than making you with so few skills and so little privilege and power meet my expectations. Yeah. Right. It's really tricky. Any other questions? Going oh, off so many people. On we got to keep going here. Someone said, sorry, this is not really on topic, but I just found out I'm pregnant for the first time. I want to know how to prepare to be a good parent. Congratulations. Congrats. Wow, that's really exciting. Yeah. And all the things we can't even imagine for you that you're feeling. I would say, uh, we always say go to therapy. Yeah. Also send right. us a DM and we'll send you the link to our um, right from the start course that we're doing with Jen yeah. of Your Parenting Mojo. It's a yeah. kind of zero to one, um, kind of all inclusive mm-hmm. um, uh, deep dive into what are, what are our babies need. What's yeah. our job, what's their job? How can we mm-hmm. be seeing to their needs based on the research and not over controlling and setting us up for patterns that we maybe don't wanna be getting ourselves into as they age. Right, so send us a DM and we'll get you the link. Thanks for being here. Someone else said, "Oh, the the, um, uh, pacifier mom said, love encouraging them to be mindful of their bodies. Yes, so start that body attunement, that Mm -hmm. nervous system regulation. Help them attune to that. What are you needing? Are you wanting to suck on something? Are you wanting pressure? What is it? Mm -hmm. I'm here to support you. Someone else said... I have an only child that's 15 months old and his temper tantrums, like full on belly down, feet kick, head slams on the floor until he hurts himself. And then he's crying for that. My question is, how do they know how to do that? I thought it was learned. Hmm. Sure, sure. Those temper tantrums. I think that our our culture sees them as intentional, manipulative, manipulative right? Devious, um, <laughs> purposeful, right? Yeah. And temper tantrums, we call them meltdowns because we, based on the science, the brain science, the child development research, they're completely um, unintentional. They're unconscious. They're seeing to a nervous system need. They're basically, yeah. our babies, our toddlers, our kids, even adults have meltdowns or temper tantrums when the demands of the world exceed their ability to manage those demands. So especially babies, toddlers, kids, before that prefrontal cortex is built in the front of their brain that regulates, and adapts and says, what's going on? Is this necessary? Is that necessary? Mm-hmm. All they have is the hind brain, which is their uh, reptilian brain, their evolutionarily based brain, right? The um, What is it called? The neocortex no not that's prefrontal cortex what's the the hindbrain officially called i don't remember fight flight freeze faint but it it has those 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 adaptive uh responses to save them to say stress i'm gonna do this thing stress i'm gonna do that thing Mm -hmm. yeah and so that's what they do they literally express the stress they lose control it's very very normal for babies toddlers Especially babies, that's why they cry all the time because they don't know how to express their need. And they say, call me, show me safety, help me. Toddlers do that too, but it looks different. It's not crying. It's banging their heads and their bodies on the floor. Mm -hmm. Looks different when they're kids. It's throwing something, saying something mean, Mm -hmm. right? Slamming a door, running away. Teenagers are scoffing, rolling their eyes, Isolating, right? Those are all... Uh, measures of a brain saying I'm out of control I've lost my Mm -hmm. sense of security and stability and balance and I need help I need help from an attachment figure right or something to help me bring me back to safety bring me back to security right Mm but and we don't want that to be a coping mechanism like alcohol drugs screen use those self-harm food we want it to be a coping strategy like a hug a calm, fresh quiet place, fresh air, mm-hmm. you know, those types of things. And that's the, the pattern that we create in these early years with our kids when yeah. they struggle. When they lose control, right, how do we bring them back to that window of tolerance, right? Yeah, we've been so conditioned to think of these behaviors, quote unquote, these tantrums, temper tantrums, mean words, misbehavior, intentional, devious behavior as this pathological thing. Like you have to stop. We just focus on the behavior so much and research, science, everything is telling us, set that aside. Look beneath the behavior. We'll put our little Mm -hmm. goggles on. We look beneath those splashy distracting waves under the water to what they're needing. Mm -hmm. That is the quickest way to help our kids relax, calm down, recenter, and actually be at a a place in their brain where they can learn, where they're receptive, where they're open, they're in they an emergency mode. Where they feel safe. And oh, we know those moments where it feels so manipulative. It seems like they're choosing to do this. Do you ever have that feeling though as an adult mm-hmm. where uh, I've decided, you know what? I'm actually going to yell at my partner right now because that's what I need to do. This is a 30, how old are we? 38. This is a 38 year old still mm-hmm. dysregulated. That moment that I still think I'm making a choice. I'm dysregulated, I can't help myself. It's not won't, it's can't. Right. Right? right. And so it's, so it's such backward thinking for us to be looking at our kids, looking at ourselves, <clears throat> looking at anyone as doing the best they can with the skills they have, with the stressor they're experiencing, with the nervous system they have, all of the things. Yeah, and exactly. seeing our role as, as that safety, that security, saying, I'ma show you mm-hmm. through my connection our relationship, how to calm your nervous system, how to manage stress. Not how to stop that behavior or change those words, but to calm your nervous system. How to over time be able to last longer with stress to open that window of tolerance, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The Yes Brain by um, Tina Payne Bryson and um, Daniel Siegel is great that talks about that very basically. The Yes Brain saying, how can we create that yes balance and calm Mm -hmm. more than a no fight flight freeze moment Um, we'd highly recommend it it's in our resources uh references on our website at upbringing.co yeah we could talk about that the whole time oh sure yeah um let's see my almost three-year-old is very strong-willed and spirited we're struggling with correcting negative behaviors and she doesn't care for rules or consequences for example i will ask her to stop breaking her sister's lego and remove her to do something else And she'll go right back and continue breaking the Lego and make sure I'm watching what she's doing. Help. Oh, Oh, I love this three-year-old. She she sounds amazing. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for sharing this. And we can relate to the struggle. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. But we also have a new vision, a new version of what our kid's resistance is. Our kid's resistance is beautiful. Shouldn't be stamped out. Our kids' resistance is a roadmap It's calling us in to grow up alongside them, to say, mama, here's my inner wisdom and authority. I wanna do this. Mm-hmm. I wanna do it this way. I wanna do it right now. What are you gonna do about it, right? Right. I think so much about this is also reframing our thinking about what you called, um, where is it here? Oh it's bumbling, oh. where is it? Right there. Negative behaviors. Mm-hmm. So all behaviors that your three-year-old is doing are to meet a need of her so nothing is negative none of them are you're negative. just perceiving it as negative because it's annoying and it's going against your expectations but if we can see all of your three-year-old's behaviors as neutral or even positive because she's going to learn from them mm-hmm. then great right and positive because she has some <clears> attention <throat> she's not just sitting there doing everything you want right. we, uh, we often think gosh, wouldn't it be so great to just have a little kid? It's just like you point at something, they go do it. You say, stop. And they're like, Oh, okay. mm-hmm. do we actually want to raise kids who just comply and conform that easily? That no. would be scary. That would be worrisome. No, we yeah. don't. And right. we're giving you permission to lean in and love this fierce little mm-hmm. person for exactly what they're doing resistance is super healthy it's necessary for them to be able to protect themselves and so kids try that out in those early toddler years with us where we're like dude we're on the same team but they are fiercely testing out their inner wisdom and inner authority and we need to nurture it not over punish it or control it right so i think that what we want to do here is we want to honor the impulse and set loving limits so instead of so our kids have beautiful impulses is Mm -hmm. to meet their needs so she's she's meeting the needs somehow by going after those Legos. Like, I don't know I what they are. I gotta get in there. I need to figure this out, or I need your attention, or I need alone time. We don't know what it is, but we're curious about it, right? Mm-hmm. And then we have to say, okay, can't do that because of whatever it is. But can I honor her impulse by following up like lovingly and connectedly and then setting that boundary and saying, I can't, I'm gonna move instead of requiring you to manage don't touch this. Those- Don't touch those Legos to test you you with a three year old brain. Right. I'm actually going to, I have the full, fully, mostly grown brain. I'm going to set those Legos up here and connect with you. Or I'm going to be there physically as a barrier to say, you want to move past me to Mm -hmm. get those Legos. I'm sorry. Those are your siblings. I'm I'm sorry. sorry. You really want to get in there. What else can we do? I I think in our minds, we're like, it's either or. Either she is a tyrant and gets everything she wants with those Legos or I am a like an oppressor, mm-hmm. right? And I am telling her what to do and how to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And there is a middle way. And that's what we talk about here at Upbringing. is saying, how can we honor the impulse that she's wanting to do these things and needing to do these things? And then as the responsible parent, say, I gotta stop you. Some of that is. I gotta move these things. Some of that is. I'm not going to th- wait for you with a three-year-old yeah. brain to do it yourself. I was going to say like, some of that is in the moment of yeah. saying I'm going to barricade right. or I'm going to stop your hand or whatever it is. But some of those are, are being like, okay, so mm-hmm. outside the moment, she's gone in there on the Legos of our other kid. So what can we do outside the moment? What can I do to not put more pressure on my child who's doing exactly what they need to be doing? Mm -hmm. So maybe I'll create a safer space higher up for the other sibling. Maybe they'll always close the door and lock it when they're working on Lego because this little girl is so wanting to destroy the Legos. Gosh, she wants to. Can we be looking at that as like, this is her mission. I want to be part of this mission. She wants to get those Legos, not, she wants to get those Legos. Why? Me against her. Right? right? Right. We want to be comrades in this situation of her looking inside Needing something, wanting something, going after it. So that we, eventually she can say, we can yeah. say, Oh, no Legos, and instead of just her unconsciously having to go to them because she's built no awareness, she can actually have that awareness and say, Well, mom, I want to go to the Legos because I have to finish this one. Or mom, I have to go to the dad, I have to go to the Legos because I need two more minutes alone before we do toothbrushing. That's what we're helping them understand. We're building that awareness, that consciousness, and putting language to those things so our kids can learn it rather than just feel shamed and shut down. Right. I was going to say, and we're not telling our kids, feel shame, feel blamed, feel wrong Mm -hmm. for going after something you want. Right Right now, we're like, it's a spoon. (laughs) It's like it's our other kid's toy. (laughs) But think about those greater things. We're showing them. Think about the the bigger picture that says not just, I don't want you to go after this Lego, but I I don't want you to go after something you want. How can we turn anything specific into a generic language to examine? Mm -hmm. Do we want to be saying this more generic version of this to our kids? No, we usually don't. And that's why we honor that impulse. When we can't give them everything they want, we can't. That's when we say, you want that. And we're making it safe and feel like what they wanted was okay. And we're still holding fast to the limit or the boundary or whatever it is. We have so many other folks here, Um, but like um, Maura, you'd said, um, about the 15 month old having the meltdown, you said, no, he's gonna slam his head too hard and I don't want him to hurt himself. Um, He's in the midst, I try and reach out, he resists. Do I force it and get, uh, and get him or just wait for him to come to me and be a silent rock what's he having a meltdown about right um i don't know mm-hmm. and so she's just worried and so that's when you would maybe move your baby your 15 month old or toddler who's having a meltdown and maybe hurting themselves to somewhere where they can slam their head on the floor and it's okay so mm-hmm. somewhere carpeted you put a pillow underneath you get them in their crib mm-hmm. <clears throat> somewhere safe where they Not can express themselves in a putative way the way their body needs I'm gonna help move you to somewhere safe where you can do that. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what their body is needing to calm itself right now. It's dysregulated, right? And then you can work on ways in the moment to test it out and you say, can I try and hold you with that help? Doesn't work. No. Okay. Looks like you're needing to just, uh, do you want a little yourself. bit of back rub. What about a like, back rub? Okay. Oh, that might feel good. Or no right you're not you don't want to do anything to distract them from the the tantrum meltdown they're having they're needing to express it so you're right. just saying how can i support you in that right mm-hmm. and it might have to do with you it might not have to do with you but you can move them to a safe place to have that that situation happen and you can just say i'll be here i'm here okay. you can just sit and hold yeah. space you can just close your eyes nod. Basically do what all of us needs when we have big feelings and want somebody to just sit and hold space for them. Or say, you know, I'm going to do dishes. I'll be right here. Let me know when you need me. Or I'll be listening for when you might be more receptive to me coming over. Right? And then you're doing dishes and you say, you okay? How you doing? Or... Can you make a little animal noise to let me know you're alive? What's going on? And that's for older kids. Like a 15 month old is like gonna need us close a little bit more than that. Yeah. Um, There's so much going on here. We're not gonna be able to get to everything. I'm so sorry. Um, Let's see. That Someone said, boring. this happened to me tonight. I've been doing it, uh okay school vacay with my three-year-old. But tonight, my six-year-old son rubbed vanilla ice cream oh. in his hair, and I lost it. Mm-hmm. I'm on my period, too, which is hard when I lose it. Yeah, and Heidi, you said my boys totally called me out. Mom's on her period. So there's some awareness there. That's, that's all good. Yeah. And then you said about the, the ice cream uh, situation. Turned out when I circled back, it was because he didn't want to get his hair cut today and didn't like it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's like such a beautiful example of when our kids do something that we're like, why would you ever do that? Instead of saying, go to your room or why would you do, that? Your you do way, that? Or whatever away or I'm going to shame you in the moment or yell at you. Actually, or, why? why? Yeah. Why? And, and whether that? we're able to find that out in the moment or circle back to say, I'm sorry, I did yell when I saw this thing or whatever happened. What was going on with you? That's the power and the magic of the circle back. We all think, grew up with a grill back. Right. Um, so, this thing happened earlier and it <sighs> just cannot right. happen again, ever. I know you know that. Right. Good no, talk. Le- no learning takes place. Good talk. There. And right? she said, He has school pictures next week and this is the best time he could have an appointment. I just made it. So frustrated with myself when I lose it and I know I shouldn't, but trying to have grace. Good job having grace for yeah. yourself. And, like, that's the amazing thing is like, our kids do everything for a reason and sometimes we figure out why. But figuring out why in any moment basically reinforces the belief that there's always a why. We don't always have to know it. That's okay if we haven't figured out why exactly. Let's seek to understand. But otherwise, let's literally blanketly understand there was a reason behind our child's behavior, doing what they they needed to do. We can be that kind of Sherlock person who also is like a super hippie, vibey person. (laughs) But I'm just trusting I'm just trusting that I this know. happened for a reason, everyone. But that's benefit <laughs> of the doubt, which yeah. is so anti-white patriarchy. Yeah. White patriarchy says never trust anybody. Yeah. Dominate over trust, right? Mm-hmm. Fear over trust. Control over connect, right? Mm-hmm. Perfection over progress. And we're mm-hmm. the opposite. We're yeah. saying trust over fear, connection over control, progress over perfection. Yeah. That's how people learn. That's how people connect. Mm-hmm. That is anti establishment. That is anti racist. That is anti patriarchy. Yeah. And that is pro growth. That Humanity. is pro society, yeah. right? All those things. Someone said, Can you guys talk a bit about praise? I find mm-hmm. it so challenging to not constantly tell my kids how much they delight me. Oh, I love uh, that. Well, we don't have too much have time. You never yeah. have to stop telling them they delight you. Mm -hmm. We did a post about this earlier this week, so check out our Instagram uh, for how to raise self-confident kids is the post Mm -hmm. on Instagram about it, but it's really just being more conscious of the ways that we're engaging about praising. Are we praising because we're trying to reinforce a behavior? God, I love it when they clean. Good job cleaning, good job cleaning, or gosh, I feel like I'm a bad artist, quote unquote. So when they do a drawing, I'm like... That's such a good drawing. I love it. It's the prettiest thing I've ever seen. Right? We want to be positive. We want to be living, especially in these moments outside mm-hmm. of conflict, in a really like lovely atmosphere. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with wanting to feel that. But I think the way that we can step into our power in terms of how we're affirming our kids' behaviors, their interaction with their world, is from a little bit more of a neutral point of view, but no less appreciative. Mm-hmm. We can nod. We can ask a question, "How did you make that?" We can we observe. We're showing that appreciation. How did you make that? You put all those pieces together. We can we can be promoting the progress over okay. or over the the you know Results. ending right okay. um, and say like you worked so hard. All those steps. Tell me about those steps to get there. Yeah. Or instead of you did it. You're such a good jumper. You're so amazing. Your legs pushed you all the way off that right we can talk about the the process or not like you scored but you practiced shooting those hoops every time yeah. and look you did it here yeah. wow yeah. wow i'm not centering myself in this i'm here on the sidelines ready if you look my way to say you not me yeah. you right yeah and i think that I think we often have to feel, or feel like we have to double down in those moments, being like, God, so much of our life is so shitty with our kids. Can I just like double down <laughs> and love loving on, on them, them right faces? now? But we don't have to do that. We can we can be looking for those moments in other ways when they're just folding their little clothes or they're just you know doing like this with their hair and they look over at us. Can we just give them a gaze like, I fucking love you so much. Mm-hmm. Not because you did something or said something or painted something or cleaned something up or you know didn't strangle your brother, but just because I love you for being you. And can we find those wants nothing moments mm-hmm. to just I, say, I care about you? And beyond that, mm-hmm. can we and beyond that, can we use these struggles, these conflicts we experience with our kids as moments to connect to? not just when we're skipping, singing, cuddling, eating ice cream, all the moments we want to praise the shit out of them and connect. Mm -hmm. Can we connect in those moments that make us want to scream, slam Mm -hmm. doors, issue consequences, judgments, run away? Can we connect truly human to human in those moments too? And that takes practice to say, you're wanting this thing, or you bopped her on the head really hard. And I still love you. And I still want to connect with you. Not just when you're like this or just when I'm feeling like this or just when I'm seeing this, but unconditionally all the time. Isn't that what the, the, like, the most that any of us can hope for from a partner, a friend, a, a therapist is getting um, um, anything, feeling love in all our human stages and all our moments and, and not like all the people. time, but through the, the stages. stages. Yeah. And then I think as parents, I love that Kel. Um, as parents too, like noticing, like, when does my kid is doing something that's great. That's their own reward. Let that's all they need to experience. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be me adding extra yeah. and I'm getting a reward just watching it. We don't have to have a connection for it to be amazing. Yeah. If it was something about them, not about me and maybe I'll hold on to that morsel. Maybe I'll journal about it. Maybe I'll secretly record it on my tell phone. It to my maybe I'll tell it to my partner yeah. or friend, right? But it doesn't have to be, it's about my kid, but I don't have to give it back to my kid. It can just be theirs. Yeah. It just or it can mine. come out in the story to them later. Yeah. I just remember one time when you were like three <laughs> and you were digging this hole and all the dirt was there. And you started putting your little leg up and going, Ay, Yoshin. Ai Yoshin. <laughs> That's what her daughter did. Rubbing your little leg and putting Yoshin on with the Yoshi. dirt. Right? Full in that, on in dirt. that moment when you feel so compelled to center yourself and say, I think this, I believe this. I want this. I love this. You want to buy into that beauty. Can we just record it so we can watch it over and over and over? (laughs) Can we just even mentally record it and think they're just being them and that's enough. They're doing what they are doing and that's enough. And be thinking about not, um, kind of building bricks to an external gaze or a necessity for that Mm -hmm. external gaze. Thinking about that we're that first person that says, look at me, please me, need me, which feels so good to our parent egos, but can debilitate our kids or distract our kids from their job, which is to see their needs, to seek their pleasure, to grow inside, to to do their thing because they want to, to dance like no one's watching Mm -hmm. is everyone's goal, right? Let our kids dance like no one's watching, even if we're just kind of watching like a little bit sidelines through the leaves, right? Thank you all for being here. Yeah, so many things. I love the potty talk thing. We're gonna have to do that one next time, potty humor. I love that. And then also talking about feeling, um, you know, uh, resisting coping strategies. I would love to Mm -hmm. connect with that. Isa Gentry, like please DM us and we'll dive in next time. Um, And then also feeling like, uh, when you're not doing those things, what do you do? how's it how does that go you know yeah, yeah. it's it's not a staircase oh, yeah. Three steps up two steps back because i yelled or told them to shut up or whatever it is it's a river mm-hmm. we're flowing right we're all moving through We get caught in a little eddy we kind of crawl up on the bank a little bit and we're like oh gosh we get back in look around wow. that sucks. we're moving <laughs> we're always moving forward brains change right our kids, ours, yeah. relationships change. Our relationship, everything is movable. Yeah. It's all happening, it's all evolving. Every mm-hmm. time, every every moment we engage with them. Yeah, and thinking of that evolution as, as just playing in the gray. We were talking about this on a coaching call earlier today, just let's sit in that. It's okay, we don't have to live in right and wrong and good and bad and um, you know, all those binary terms. We're all just doing the best we can with the skills we've got, the stress levels we're being um, subjected to. We're all doing our best, us and our kids. So let's try to to keep giving ourselves the benefit of the doubt and our kids the benefit of the doubt and um, get in there and connect and apologize and circle back when we aren't being our ideal selves because we can't always be. That's okay. We're working towards it. Um, Amy, you said, thank you for this. Because of my own upbringing, one of my biggest worries is that they will grow up feeling responsible for my happiness and comfort. And this advice is everything to me. Thank you, as always. Someone else said, so much clarity from you guys, as always. I'm usually a reader, but this is my favorite source of parenting wisdom. Yay. Check out our references page. We have a lot of (laughs) things to read that we would recommend. And sorry we don't print transcripts. And we're so so (laughs) glad you're here. Yes. Thank you all for being here, showing up and growing up with us, talking about the hard stuff, mm-hmm. remembering the good stuff when we can, yeah. right? We're all doing the work and we're so grateful to be in community with you all doing this. Yeah. We'll see you again next Thursday, bye. if not before then. Okay, bye.